Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. So today is Epiphany, as you've heard, and Epiphany is really kind of a big day in the church. It's where we celebrate uh, the light made manifest in the world. God's light has entered into our world, and so we celebrate that. And traditionally, this is one of the readings for today. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is, uh, has been written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go also and pay him homage. When they had heard that the king, or when they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down to pay him homage. And then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So sometimes, sometimes we need to remove artificial light in order to see the true light. Now, as I mentioned, Epiphany is traditionally the time where we celebrate the wise men have arrived at the birth of Jesus. If you're a traditional nativity set owner like, I don't know, Q. Jones, you have rules about what happens with your nativity set. And he wanted to imply those rules here, but knowing it would be at risk of his own life, I encouraged him not to. (laughs) Some of the things he wanted to do with our two nativity sets here, he wanted to kidnap the wise men and have them slowly make their way toward the manger, arriving today. He also wanted to kidnap baby Jesus until Christmas Day. Again, at risk of his own life, I said no. <laughs> but this is how it's traditionally done. If you, if you still have your nativity set up, today would be the day to actually place the three wise men at the nativity set. But I digress. Let's go 
to something else. So we have learned some lessons over the years here at Peace. Whenever we do a new thing, of course you learn something the first time you try it and you hope to improve every year. So many years, not many years ago, three or four years ago, we did the drive-through nativity for the very first time. It was part of a COVID thing that we, we thought, well, we can put this together. And so we had this beautiful image in our head of what we were going to do. And most of it was beautiful, except for the luminaries. We had this thought in our head, we're going to put out hundreds of luminaries. We're going to line our parking lot with luminaries. You're going to drive through and it's going to be like, like you experienced Jesus' birth for real, like because of these luminaries. And so we, we had this vision in our head of how lovely it was going to be, but what we didn't take into account until that night, the artificial light that surrounds our parking lot, not only from our parking lot lights, but other lights all around. And it was like over and over again, some of you drove through and said, I thought there were going to be luminaries. And we were like, ugh. So we've learned some lessons since then, but we had this image in our head, and sometimes you have to remove the artificial light in order to see the true light that we intend to see. When I was little, I was in Indian Guides. I know that doesn't exist in that fashion anymore. It's been called something else now, but we went to Kosai, and that was one of my favorite things. Tony back here is a security guard at Kosai. He'll get you in for free. Just talk to him. <laughs> but uh, so I loved the overnight at Kosai, and one of my favorite memories was the planetarium. Remember that? I, I think it's still there, right? I haven't seen the new one. This is way back when it was like at, on Broad Street. And and I remember being in that planetarium as a kid, just in awe of the sky and seeing all these constellations like Greek gods and all of this. And I was determined to find them for real. And I went outside and I went, I don't see any of that stuff. Like none of it is there. And, and it struck me that it's because of all the artificial light that we can't see the true light that's above us until until I was with my dad laying out on a picnic table in the Black Hills. And then it was like, whoa, that's what we're talking about. Sometimes you have to remove the artificial light in order to see the true light. So let's go back to nativity scenes, nativity sets. There, there are lots of things in a nativity set We've kind of added along the years, along the way, some things that we could be based in what's in Scripture, but we've kind of molded it and added to the story along the ways, and we don't even realize that we've done it. We kind of have shed some artificial light on the real light of what's taking place there. So let me give you an example of this. So Showing up, as I just mentioned, at the scene. Yeah, there you are. What I love about this, this is called, this is called a hipster nativity set. And what I love about this is, here, let me point out a few things. So over here, we have the shepherd, right, on his iPad with his headset on. Over here, we have a 100% organic cow. 
We have a lamb in a sweater. Both of them are feeding from a feeding trough that features gluten-free feed. <laughs> Obviously, here we have Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus getting a selfie with Starbucks. Above that, solar panel. And then the three wise men here come bearing gifts, of course, from Amazon. And what are those things called? Segways. On segways, yeah. So... I love that hipster nativity set. So let's go back to a classical nativity set. Whatever it is that you view the wise men, let me, uh, let me say a few things about what the wise men, at least according to scripture, are not. Now, if you love your Hallmark Christmas nativity set and you wanna keep it that way, coffee's out there, encourage you to go out, ignore what I'm about to say. Here's what the wise men are not. They're not kings. We three kings of Orient are. <laughs> They're not kings. We've made that up somewhere along the way so that we could have a beautiful Christmas carol. Here's another thing we don't know for sure. We don't know that there were three. There were three gifts, but it never says there were three men or people. We don't know that. There could have been three. There could have been a dozen. There could have been 25. There could have been two. We have no idea. We've read that into the story along the way, and even along the way, we've named them. <laughs> None of that appears in Scripture. And now here's the last thing to destroy we three kings of Orient are. It doesn't say they're from the Orient. They're from the East. That could be east of anything east of Jerusalem. It could be their next door neighbors. We don't know. We don't know. We've added this. So sometimes what we need to do is we need to remove the artificial light in order to see what Matthew is trying to shed as the true light. Now here's one more thing, and this may be the most shocking of all. Here's one more thing that they're not Wise. <laughs> Think about this. What's the question that they ask? Do you need me to read it again? What's the question that they ask? They ask the king where the king of the Jews is. Who are they asking this of? The king of the Jews! They, they're not wise. In fact, we could look at this story and say, they're pretty stupid. They go to the king of the Jews and ask where the king of the Jews is about to be born. Now, seriously, you could look at this story and, and for real, blame these individuals for the slaughter of the innocents because they're the ones that brought it to Herod's attention, had they not done that, maybe hundreds of innocent children wouldn't have died. It's a stupid question. So we've talked about what they're not. Let's talk about what they are. Here's what we know for sure. In Scripture, we actually, our translation translates it badly as well. It's translated wise men. But the actual word in Greek is magi, magi. Now this we know for sure. 
They were magi. Now, we don't know exactly what magi were like then, but if you take it today, they were individuals who might have read tarot cards. They were probably people you would have gone to, and they would have told you your fortune, what might happen to you in the future. And what we really know for sure is that they probably had astrology charts, and they followed those. We know that because obviously they were tracking this star. So we know this much for sure. So they might have been kind of a combination of one of those people that comes out of a smoky room at a carnival and Carl Sagan. Some sort of blending of this is what they are. Now think about why this is important. It's important because for a religious Rule-following Jew in the day, what these magi represented, whether it was three or three dozen, they represent the spiritually outcast. They represent detestable, non-religious people. And Matthew has these individuals show up at the beginning of the story of the birth of Christ. The detestable are some of the first that come. And they come, get this, they come to the religious leaders. Herod is in charge of all the Jews. And not only that, who does Herod turn to? The chief priests and the scribes. So these three or three or three dozen individuals show up and they go right to the top. And they say, we are looking for your Messiah. The outcasts bring it to the top religious leaders and announce the coming of the birth of Christ to the people that didn't know he was coming. Think about that as Matthew sets this story up. There's a woman named Deborah Blue who wrote a really great titled book, Sensual Orthodoxy. Sensual Orthodoxy, doesn't that intrigue you? But in it, she talks about if we truly understood the nativity and we would, we would maybe be people who assign guerrilla activists to go and redo people's nativity sets. And I love this. She says, she says imagine like a housewife coming downstairs and finding on her nativity set over the fireplace on the roof are a series of Batmen hanging out. Or another set maybe would have Barbies and dinosaurs have joined the party. You like dinosaurs? Yeah. That's the first time this morning that someone has cheered for dinosaurs at the nativity set. Or at, out on like the, the, the big cathedral lawn, a big nativity set, and imagine that there you have pink flamingos and garden gnomes. Or this. A gigantic Homer Simpson has come to the party. Now, you, now, obviously, this is silly, right? But it makes a point. If people stopped and looked, and we've all seen corny nativity sets. I hate it when I see Santa Claus worshiping baby Jesus. But it makes a point. It's things you don't expect Arriving at the scene, she goes on to say that somewhere along the, the way, these guerrilla activists added the Magi. You see, Matthew 
wants us to see that the least expected are who arrive and worship this Savior. Now, Matthew starts his gospel with these unexpected people, God's glory coming to the most unexpected individuals. But look at how Matthew ends his gospel. Fast forward all the way to the crucifixion and Jesus hanging on the, on the cross. It starts with this great light that they follow and it ends in great darkness. And when Jesus breathes his last and the earth shakes, what is it that someone says? Surely, this was the Son of God. And who says that? A soldier. A Gentile, the, the last one you'd expect. So it opens with people who aren't a part of the faith going, wow, we gotta find the Messiah. It ends with, surely this dude was the Messiah. It's God's glory comes in the most unexpected places. There are times where we, as people of faith, get to be the light that we get to pass this good news on. But there are other times, let's face it, where we're totally in the dark. But God's glory still is at work in unexpected places. So let me close by asking you this. Who's the least that you expect to show up at your nativity set? Who is it that would shock you? I know for me, it might be that dude who had painted his face and had the horns and went shirtless at the insurrection. I can't imagine him there. Guess what? Maybe he is. Maybe for you, it's that, that representative of Congress who you're like, I told you, that guy's a socialist. Maybe for you, it's someone of a different skin tone or someone who thinks differently, acts differently, drives you nuts at work showing up at the nativity set, or how about this? Instead of someone from the east showing up, what if it was someone from the middle east showing up at your nativity set? See, when we, when we recognize that as part of this scene, that's when we've taken away some of the artificial and we've seen the true light of what Christ is about.